This podcast is supported by Red Energy, powered by the mighty Snowy Hydro, a leader in renewable energy. Red is 100% Australian owned and local. Phone 131 806. In one sentence, she sort of said, I've been here for a bloody long time and I have seen a lot and we will get through this. If ever there was a woman for the times, it is Queen. Basically, the AFL is now banker to two-thirds of the competition and this is going to set up real problems, I reckon, in the long term with the have and the have-nots. There has to be a big correction at the end of all of this. Did you see that there were twin newborns and that the parents called them COVID and Corona? Can you believe... Okay. <laughs> that is. My husband and I are sharing the home office and he's giving me the shits. What about that one? <laughs> Two cliches that don't really make sense in these times. The grass is always green up and up. We're here. This is your grass. Don't shoot the messenger podcast with Caroline Wilson and Corey Perkin. Thanks to Red Energy, 100% Australian electricity and gas. Yes, hello everybody on this pre-Easter week of April. This is episode, can you believe it, Corrie, 122 of Don't Shoot the Messenger and we have a new sponsor. Welcome to Red Energy. Caro, (laughs) tell me all about Red Energy because they're not my provider but I gather they're yours. They are my provider, Corrie, and they're happy to do a very good deal for you if you want to talk to them. Home-cooked meals, (laughs) deliveries of wine... Not, what do no, they deliver? No, although we are going to talk about the perils of online shopping later on because I think a few people have fallen foul of that little nasty little mother's little helper habit in recent weeks and who can blame them. But, yeah, look, thank you to Red Energy, powered by Snowy Hydro. We'll talk about them a little bit more. They're saving our podcast. We're thrilled to have them on board and we're thrilled to be with you again in what are very tough times and what, Corrie, as we sit here today, is a massive news day, as if... The world news wasn't big enough already. We woke up to the news of Boris Johnson being transferred to intensive care, the British Prime Minister. Clearly he has pneumonia and they want to have a respirator ready for him if we needs it if he needs it. What what might have happened by the time you're listening to this, I do not know. And then only a few hours later, George Pearl has walked free from Barwon Prison in a massive decision by the High Court up in Queensland. And this is going to have ramifications around Australia, I think. Well, Caro, first, first of all, my thoughts are for are with, when I heard the George Pell announcement, my thoughts are, were, immediately went to all of the victims and the victims' families who... Not only those who had the courage to come forward, indeed those who appeared in various court cases uh, connected to the George Pell case and other cases as well to do with the Catholic Church. But I feel for those victims as well who did not come forward, who suffer, who were still probably suffering in silence, who saw this as a watershed moment and in a very private way, I believe, probably took on board some sort of solace when George Pell was convicted and indeed all of the other, other I shouldn't say other, but pedophile priests across the last five or so years. And I just, I, I just wonder what they are all thinking today. It's going to have a big impact, I think, on... Um, I mean, mental health is a big issue at the moment. And I'm finding... I went... I got up very early this morning and did some shopping for myself and a relative and... This is way before the George Pell announcement. People are getting angry and a bit antsy, I'm finding. Maybe it was a weekend of bad weather. Maybe it's the fact that Daniel Andrews is being tougher than any other state premier with some of his rules. I mean, 
two different people at the market, and it was very early this in, this morning, said to me, "This it's getting ridiculous. When is he going to, you know, whether it's golf or fishing or whatever it is they want to do. I personally love what Daniel Andrews is doing. I'm thrilled that at least the curve seems to be flattening. But news like this is clearly going to trigger something for a lot of people. Publications will be affected. TV documentary series are going to be affected. And we're going to learn what happened in the High Court in more detail later on. But anyway, on a happier note... (laughs) It is. It's a bit grim, isn't it? We've, and we're, we've try, had... we're trying to keep an upbeat podcast, but gee, I tell you what, it's a bit hard, isn't it? You brought shortbread in today. You're going to tell us how to make it. It why is it um, why is it brown? <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah. Well, look, this is my recipe for Kelly Island, which we'll do in GLT. Simple recipes, good, easy, Kel. Good, simple recipes for Kel. But uh, the good local tip on this one is: when you cook shortbread, remember to put your timer on. <laughs> And so I was uh, I was working from home yesterday, and of course the bookshop phone is coming through to my mobile, so I can answer all of the orders. And it's been amazing, really. People talk about home deliver free home delivery service. People jumping on board with that one, but there I was in between taking orders for Spot and Bluey through to Do You Have War and Peace and which editions. I realised that my shortbreads were smelling a bit burnt. I raced into the kitchen anyway. I've bought them along for you and Jane. But um, very nice. They just they taste beautiful. They just lack that pale, crumbly, buttery. I know. Look. We'll just pretend they're caramel biscuits. I just um, they're delicious. I really wanted to um, say also, Carol, and I know that you've told me this also that you have been inundated as have I with messages of uh, support for our podcast and Red Energy, honestly, you couldn't have come on at a better time. Thank you. People are really loving the fact that we are just, well, really just talking crap. <laughs> just, 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 you know, shooting the breeze as two friends No, do. well, let's clarify. At, 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 a, at, a, at, a, at, a, at a safe distance, of course, but they are enjoying the preoccupation I suppose because honestly then as we talked about last week I have become obsessed by corona news and it just never seems to stop flooding my earwaves and it is nice to settle back with a podcast that has really not much to do with the seriousness of life. Yes I I love my husband but he does wake me up every morning with statistics and you know we go around the world. Oh did you like did you see I sent you about the Boris this morning at about six o'clock? Well he'd already um, woken me up (laughs) with that news but thank you. Maybe Brendan and I should just start our own little WhatsApp group just to kind of keep each other in touch. Oh, he said, you know, the Turkish numbers today. Anyway, look, thanks to Megan Bailey who took our advice and ordered four large bottles of that beautiful hand sanitizer made by our friend Ross's company, Sensori. She loved it. And, Corrie, I ordered some more as well. I just think it's the most beautiful stuff. So S-E-N-S-O-R-I, bad when someone's got a lisp like me, but Google it. It's a Victorian company. I ordered mine online. It arrived within two days. I was thrilled. Heather Dyer, Corrie, I made the kofta with tahini, potato and onion from Falliston last night. It was excellent. We have leftovers for lunch. Oh, Faye Mason via Facebook loves us both to bits while she's walking up here in Mount Beauty. She does a magazine-style radio program and talks us up no end. Oh, thank you, thank Faye. thank you, Faye. And wouldn't it be lovely walking around Mount Beauty with Faye right now just as the autumn leaves are coming up? Bridget Blackshaw... 
uh, said, Corrie, thanks for the mention in today's podcast. I love following Trini Woodall too. Last year in London, she filmed a video of her favourite shops in Kings Road, Chelsea in London. I was staying nearby and decided to have a Trini day, visiting her local cafe and fave clothing shops. I was absolutely thrilled to run into her in anthropology. Oh! Bridget, you lucky girl. She was so lovely and chatted to me about how much she loves Australia and she gave me five minutes of her time, which I think was extraordinarily generous. That's such a lovely... Bridget, well done. I wish I'd been there by your side. And we have someone on on Insta called A Soft Mum who said, listen to your podcast for the first time and thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm missing my library so much, so Corrie's bookshop is sounding good. Well, there we are, Soft Mum. We are are serving the people of Australia with our books. We did have one little bit of feedback, not as positive, but with spoken with great affection from our friend Jenny Smith on the Surf Coast, Corrie. Yes. She thinks we speak too quickly. Oh. Do you think we speak too quickly? Well, I, I, I must say, Caro, that since joining you on this podcast, I, I do speak quicker because when I do the ABC or I used to the conversation hour with John Fain, <laughs> you are to talk slowly. And I like talking slowly, but since being with you, I've sort of adopted a oh, so commercial radio, a commercial radio, <laughs> let's go through everything. Caro, I do think you owe the Yu Yangs an apology. I was thinking about that when I drove away from our our podcast last week. You want week. me to apologise to a bunch of grey rocks? Well, I thought you whose were only whose only positive note is the odd sort of nice bit of wattle at the I right thought, time of I year. I thought you were a bit harsh. And then the other thing I thought of uh, the other day when two days in a row I stood you up for uh, an isolationist walk, a.k.a. two people walking within outside of three metres of one another. And I stood you up for the second morning because the weather was so bad. And I thought, I did remember Caro saying on the podcast, I think it's going to be an Indian summer this year. 14 <laughs> degrees, rainy, hail. <laughs> There's still time. Which brings me to our April challenges. Corrie, how are you going? Are you? What are you doing? Are you doing things? No, that was March. I'm you do- were doing I'm things doing, for best. Yeah, uh, uh, yes. I am, uh, I'm doing two things, Caro. I'm cooking six recipes out of uh, Falliston, the new cookbook, and I'm starting my children's book. Uh, I have done nothing, so on to you. I have done nothing. Well, I did, in defence of the Falliston, it was in the back of my car when I was doing deliveries the other day, and a friend texted and said, I'm desperate to get a copy of Falliston. And I thought... People will remember how good you've been with your deliveries, so not I gave charging. Her my, I gave her my, <laughs> my copy. Well, I have... What about you? I'd, well, I'm starting to run. Oh, and and I do are. a bit of running with my gym group that has now been temporarily disbanded. Um, I've... Every day, every time I go for a walk now, I start... I walk a bit and then I, I'm running a bit further every day. So, you know... Well, that's I'm, good. It's not... I wouldn't say I'm doing... Uh, probably the longest I've run so far is about 1.5 k's, but the, I'm incorporating good. You've got that. To build it up. I'm incorporating that with my 10,000 steps age, a day. Dale. I know, I know. Um, Carol, what, what I just mean, what, what does that mean? Can't you run at my age? I also Can't have. You? I don't know whether it's an apology or a mere culpa, or I'm just really dumb. I don't know the physio- physiological makeup of our bodies. But last week, when I referred to sports, or you referred to sports bras, I re- I said, "What happens to your poor bosoms when you're running? What about the muscles? I don't think there are any muscles in the bosom. I actually meant tissues. Okay, tissue in your in your breasts, Corey." <laughs> 
Oh, all in all, as a question, it was a pretty dumb question, but that's fine. You oh, obviously. It was a comment. It was a comment. I mean, you, you of all people must know about sports bras. Anyway, let's move to a slightly more serious, but let's have, try and have an upbeat look at how we've been coping with the national state of emergency this week. Okay, so my latest observations, because every week it's a change, it, it changes, doesn't it? Every day, and what you said before about people in the market being antsy, as as I think I explained last week, the reason we decided to close the doors of our shop, although the business is still open, is because literally in one day the mood turned. So people went from being very supportive of one another, a little bit of denial, but certainly coming into the shop, you know, thank God you're open, falling on the books, all of that kind of thing, using the hand sanitizer, keeping distances. But there was a there was a bit of a spring in their step, I would say. We we're all going to get through this to the next day. How appalling is it that there are so many people down here in this shopping center? And why are all the old folk out? And it literally went overnight. And So I said to my colleague, Deb, you know, I'm really worried about the tone and the feel. And she and I were also a little worried for our own health reasons. It's all very well to be gung-ho, Caro, in these times. But when lots of people are coming into your shop and they're in front of you on touching books and all of this sort of thing, not always doing the right thing with hand sanitizer, it does make you a bit nervous. And as an employer, I had a responsibility to staff. So I just, that's the thing I probably noticed. You're absolutely right. It's gone from being we can get through this to, and maybe the weather had something to do with it, but I think more there's yep. a, there's a fear so. factor as well. Now people in Melbourne are dying. One of my customers rang me the other day and their neighbour, their 80-year-old neighbour died of coronavirus. And a week ago she had been outside walking the dog. So, you know, you can't just tell me that people are walking around feeling comfortable about this or that it's somebody else's problem. It's right on our doorstep, people we know, it's terrible. And I think there's fear. It's happened so quickly. But I, I am disappointed in the the anger. I mean, I'm, I'm married to someone who whose favourite pastime is golf. And obviously he was disappointed when you couldn't play golf anymore. And yes, there are other states in this country where you can play golf. But really, if numbers are going to continue to be flat, and there is no suggestion that 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 is the case, and we don't know how these community ones have translated and how people have got, you know, there are still a lot of unanswered questions. I can't understand why people are being so impatient. All I would say is be patient because it's going to be, it is going to be a long, cold winter and we're going to have to adjust to this. I think what you decide, what you do in these times is you just try and be the best at everything you are. So I'm trying to be the best mother. I'm trying to be the best wife. I'm trying to be the best housekeeper, friend. And I'm and I'm gone, you know, best and trying to be the best journalist. I mean, I'm not saying I am the best, but I'm trying to be as best as I can be. Yeah, because be on and This is a great story to cover. Mm, yeah. And I talk to a lot of people in footy, but I do find when I'm talking to club CEOs or AFL executives whose opinions I respect, I'm I'm sort of getting close to the story, and they'll mention something financial, and it is on the tip of my tongue to say, so what would you do if you were me regarding? <laughs> superannuation or what would you do about this or um and then today only today I was talking to an AFL person and he said um you're driving aren't you what are you going out for I said I'm doing some shopping for my mum well make sure you don't get too no I'm okay it's funny isn't it we've suddenly gone into people's personal (laughs) spaces yes exactly so so there was a 
one of the funny things to happen out of this is the Zoom me- the Zoom meeting phenomenon. So the fact that a whole lot of us who a month ago had no idea about how to use our iPhones and our laptops and now so tech savvy it's scary but the zoom meeting and i've been on a few since then are quite hilarious and there are so many funny stories uh there is the story of the bloke or woman i'm not sure i think actually it was a woman who um as a bit of a joke put a potato in front of her face for the zoom meeting but couldn't actually get it off you know like hi guys here i am at the meeting and they went oh ha that's really funny Rhonda. you know look great okay now let's get on with the meeting and she couldn't take the potato off the off her head (laughs) so and then there was another one francesca was telling me of somebody who went to the toilet and forgot to turn the microphone off oh there's a look i swear but not so much going to the bathroom but every time i'm on the phone now i think can they see me because i'm so often you know they can see me like like now it's quite it's a quite a weird feeling. But people are really sharing meaningful and trivial matters There's about their lives. a bit of motherhood lives. statement. So there is. So, so from the sublime to the ridiculous. And a lot so, of silly videos. So one, one of my customers who I adore, I adore, um, has been having a bit of a cancer battle the last year or two. And she told me on the phone on Saturday when we were talking about books and stuff, I delivered some books to her last week. And she had her husband had said, "Oh, she's really crook this week." And so I said, "Oh, how are you going?" And she said, "Cancer's back, and she's had a double mastectomy, and this is a this is a disaster. This is a disaster." So of course I'm sitting at the desk in the home office taking this order because she wants some more books. You know, kind of crying and feeling sad. And as she said. I probably wouldn't be telling you this, you know, if I had Fred, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm close to her, but I'm not in the inner sanctum, yeah, but, but she, she's not seeing anybody. So she has a sympathetic person. And I guess because I'm a bit detached, it all came out, which I was very happy to listen to. And so that was an example of somebody telling you a lot of information. And then there are other things, the most ridiculous conversations that you're having with people that go on for sort of 20 minutes about... Mm-hmm. Oh, like you say, like, I don't know what to do about my superannuation. Or do you think it's okay if you go to the supermarket and you don't put the plastic gloves on? Because I I get an allergy to the gloves, says one person. I can't wear rubber gloves or anything plastic on my hands because I come out with a dermatological issue. Uh, I don't know. Do you think it's on the government website? I don't know. People, I don't know. <laughs> people who don't want to have um, virtual um, drinks and house parties because they haven't been to the hairdresser for three weeks. This is a genuine issue, Corrie, although I was very happy to put on my good frock and do a house party with you the other night. It was the first time I'd actually dressed up. There was a bit of excitement. There were a few nice frocks on the house party. That, again, is an interesting phenomenon in itself. So there's no footy, um, but footy still continues, certainly for me, as a great off-field story. Um, I think the clubs at this stage in the short term, certainly, are all going to survive. But as a lot of people suspected, there are only four clubs who, without any form of credit or bank borrowings this year, could survive the entire year without footy. Um, so that's obviously West Coast, Collingwood, Hawthorne and Richmond. The Western Bulldogs who... Hawthorne, go it alone, Hawthorne. The West, but who they're asking them, they're asking people to join up. Jeff sent a letter to members saying, if you want us to be unassisted, give us your money. Um, okay. The Western Bulldogs are going to be a non-assisted club, which shows how far they've come under Peter Gordon, who has obviously been a very generous benefactor to the club and has also sold off a big package of poker machines. And Adelaide are going to take their own line of credit. But basically the AFL is now banker 
to two-thirds of the competition. And this is going to set up real problems, I reckon, in the long term with the have and the have-nots. There has to be a big correction at the end of all of this. And whether the game is played or not played is a question on everyone's lips. I'm tipping it will be played. I don't agree with what um, was being reported on some sections of the media this week that there's no way, that way they'll do these quarantined hubs of teams. I think they're looking at everything to getting to getting the games on the go. And so if you're a betting woman, what would you what date would you say? Mid July to mid August, and if I had to hone it down, start of August. I wish it was earlier, but I don't think it will be. Now, Corrie, thanks again to Red Energy. It's time for crush of the week. Oh, do we have a beauty, Red Energy? Uh, leadership, really. Leadership when in a crisis. She might have struggled after the death of Diana, but the Queen's address to the nation, and in fact the Commonwealth this week, Corrie, was just superb. Yeah. She's, um, she's our joint crush. We both discussed this. Um, Mum would have liked her just more in the cardigan and the more casual look. <laughs> Anna from the op shop felt she nailed the outfit, absolutely nailed it. She spoke so beautifully. She spoke with firm but sort of sort of passion, passion about her country, passion about her people. And lines like better times are ahead and we will meet again, we will see our friends again. Mm. Uh, it was beautiful, Corrie. Yeah, I, I, Caro, look, as I keep saying, this coronavirus divide, draws very clear lines between different types of people. So I've talked a lot about those who are selfless and those who are selfish. And I think also in terms of our world leaders, I think there is a line between those who do it really well with dignity, with true compassion, say the right thing for the right time, and then those like Donald Trump who are completely botching it up with every press conference they give. And the Queen nailed it. We are, Anna, Anna is absolutely right. And I thought that she was dressed perfectly for the occasion. And whoever wrote the speech for her or with her... I think referring to the Vera Lynn old war song, We'll Meet Again, and also bringing in the fact that she was at Windsor Castle where she and Margaret as young girls had spoken to the children of Britain as the Blitz was happening at the start of World War II. I thought that was a masterstroke because with one sentence and, then, and of course, on the televised edition, they did actually show a cutaway photograph of the two princesses talking to the microphone to the children of Britain. But with, in one sentence, she sort of said, I've been here for a bloody long time and I have seen a lot and we will get through this. I mean, that was kind of the take-home message. If ever there was a woman for the times, it is Queen. And really... I was just blown away. Whoever is the speechwriter really is like it's keep that person on staff. That we're in our late fifties and she's been on the throne since before we were born. We will succeed, and that success will belong to every one of us. We should take comfort that while we may have more still to endure, better days will return. We will be with our friends again. We will be with our families again. We will meet again. But for now, I send my thanks and warmest good wishes to you all. And she looks really well. Well before. For somebody, Carol, who's 93, I mean, I know she has longevity in her family given her mother was there till, you know, early hundreds. 
101 or 102, I think she was when she died, Queen Elizabeth, Queen Mother. But um, I thought Queen looked really good. Uh, and as everybody, like, Twitter went off just saying, for God's sake, I hope there's no one in that room with her. As it turned out, there was one cameraman who was top to toe in some sort of protective gear. But everybody was very concerned about Queen being exposed to viruses coming in on camera lenses or things like that. So she's truly loved. And... Um, Carol, I just wanted to send a, another crush of the week. This is a really personal one, and I suppose in a way it does age me, but my oldest friend in the world, who is like my oldest sister, um, we always actually say that she's part of the family. She, Steve, and I are so interlinked. My dear friend, Pammy, um, I was her bridesmaid back in the early 70s, and she sent me, like you, she and Dave have an anniversary in April and I was her chief bridesmaid. And she sent me a photo yesterday, 46 big ones. <laughs> and there's an empty bottle of French champagne tossed on its head. I think they were having lunch because it looks like it's light well, outside. Well, they'll hit the golden wedding anniversary, no problems. <laughs> and she said, couldn't have done it with you at, without you at my side, which I thought was really sweet. But I just wanted to say happy happy anniversary, Pam and Dave. And um, I still remember that wedding with me with my braces on my teeth because I was only 12 or 13. I remember it with huge affection. So well done, guys. That's just incredible. Well, well done, Pam. I was actually with... Pam, your bridesmaid too. So there's a bit of a you connection were. there. And um, I'd just yeah, say again, the Queen and those lines, just very quickly, Corona is the time of cliché and never have clichés rung so true. And um, the, the list I've wrote, written down, count your blessings, which we've said a few times on this show, at least you've don't got your health, so true. Don't sweat the small stuff. Home is where the heart is. Never break the chain. That's actually a Fleetwood Mac song, but it's true. Um, holding the fort, live in the moment, batten down the hatches, many hands make light work, make hay while the sun shines. If you're a football journalist, trust me, that's <laughs> what we're doing. Circle the wagons, that's another break the chain one. The two that what about What about my husband and I are sharing the home office and he's giving me the shits? What about that one? <laughs> Two cliches that don't really make sense in these times. The grass is always green up and up. There's no other good. We're here. This is your grass. And um, don't put off until tomorrow what you can do today. In fact, you can because there's going to be a lot of days <laughs> to do. today and tomorrow <laughs> and tomorrow and it's going to look like the same. And, Caro, just on words and things related to the virus, did you see that there were twin newborns and that the parents called them COVID and Corona? Oh. Can you believe? <laughs> okay. That is... <laughs> On that note, Corrie, for, for Red Energy, powered by Snowy Hydro, a leader in renewable energy, we are going to introduce BSF. Now, this week with B, which is for book, we were going, we're both going to tackle a new series because it's time, and you've spoken about the Cazulay Chronicles mm. and you've spoken about Kate Atkinson and her series that includes God in Ruins and Life After Life. I am going to, at the um, suggestion of our friend Mandy, because she's doing it, tackle the um, Edward St. Auburn series. Oh, the um, Patrick Melrose. Patrick Melrose, which was Benedict Cumberbatch series recently on the ABC. It was pretty brutal and pretty upsetting, I've got yeah, to say. Well, the, the, the books, Hugo I've, I've only read father. one. The, oh. the book, it's quite um, confronting, you know, but child abuse and... 
it's teenage a, abuse. And they're God. meant to be drug abuse. <laughs> they're meant. Friends of ours in our book club say they're brilliant. So that's the one I would recommend at the moment. What about you? Well, Carol, you did mention Kate Atkinson, and I wanted to actually point out to potties if they love a bit of a crime series. Kate Atkinson, who we love because she's a wonderful English writer, and usually. Uh, focuses on family dramas and a little bit of time traveling, sliding doors kinds of things. There's always a bit of surreal. She had a, she had a, a, a moment there and in fact loved it so much she has continued. Um, she decided once she wanted to write a crime novel and she introduced to the world a detective called Jackson Brody, who once again is a flawed hero. Stephen King actually aren't called they the, all Corey? Aren't, aren't they, they all? all? And Caro Stephen King called the first one, which is Case Histories, which you and I have read. He said it was the best mystery of the decade. I think this was back in the two thousands. Um, it starts off with Case Histories. There are five in the series. The most recent one is Kate Atkinson's most recent one. Um, I'm scratching around looking oh, for the title of it here. Yes, we did, and I'll find it in a minute. But the, um, the aptly titled um, "When Will There Be Good News?" That's right, is another one. And it th- there is a he he's a, has a mystical ray of writing, Kate Atkinson. I absolutely love her. Big Sky is the most recent one that's in everyone's shops. So you can, even though I've read these sequentially myself, and I'm not at liberty to say really uh, you should or like you can read them out of order. I have been told by customers that you can yeah that you can so that's Kate Atkinson's just look for the Jackson Brody series but the series that I want to try uh once I've finished Hilary Mantel who's just begging to be completed by my bed is the Corfu trilogy by Gerald Durrell now everybody will remember uh this as a television series the Durrells was on television I think Channel 7 from memory a couple of years ago it's a rather silly series actually well it was a bit um, Beautiful I, I, scenery. I kind of agree with you. The mother drove me nuts. I thought she was just really irresponsible taking those kids out of post-war England yeah, and going to... Troubled family they trouble. were. But apparently this series, and the books are My Family and Other Animals. Yeah, we did that at school, yep. Birds, Beasts and Relatives and The Garden of the Gods by Gerald Durrell. He wrote these, of course, in adulthood about his childhood growing up in Corfu. They are supposed to be terrific. And there is, funnily enough, a copy or two in the shop, which I hadn't realised until this morning when I ran my eyes over the shelf. So I might be picking that up for myself. So that's the one I'm going to do, Carol. I think that sounds pretty good. If any listeners have read the Corfu trilogy, I'd be really interested to know what you think. So maybe um, I can finally again retackle the Alexandra Quartet by his... His brother Lawrence. Well, you could. My old London bureau chief, Bruce Wilson, said it was the most brilliant. He's the most brilliant author and the best books ever written. I've done Justine. I just really struggled with it. And when I read the synopsis later, um, there were things that happened in that book that I can miss completely. So I'm going to give it another go. But Justine, I think, is the first one. Um, Cleo, I think, is another one. And um, maybe, maybe as this state of emergency continues it'll be a time to um tackle that again but cory i've got a couple of screens yes now before you go on caro um you and i have finished now our japanese drama giri haji giri haji and we had a lovely time um and a number of people have followed it as a result of our recommendation in recent weeks and they have loved it except not surprisingly to hear not jeff slattery no, a friend he, of the he pod. He never likes our recommendations. A friend of the pod who, who is no longer a he friend of the like pod. He doesn't like the Cohen brothers. He emailed you and I Saturday morning, 9, 11 a.m. 
You are now two for two for wasting time. I will never get back. Mrs. Wilson and Jury Haji. Oh. And I just said, oh, don't be so ridiculous. It's brilliant. And he said, I think the virus has gotten to you. And I loved your comment. You've always had shocking tasting flicks. And, and Lewis Martin, I love you and Cal Dealey, but... Um, the interpretive dance sequence was beautiful. Brilliant. Um, we, we can't, Lewis will explain it to you one We day. can't argue about the um, ending because that's a spoiler alert. But, Corrie, I'm on to a new one now, um, recommended by our friend Sarah, who I ran into in my solo lonely rainy walk the other day when you deserted me. It's called Unorthodox. And bizarrely, when I told you about this, you received a request for the Deborah Feldman biography of that which is the TV, TV series is based on while That's I was telling you about it which was a real calmer moment so no, it was from, the, from a bookshop customer who said oh have you got this in stock hilarious it's the book is called unorthodox the scandalous rejection of my Hasidic roots now look honestly this is gripping this show it opens in Williamsburg in Brooklyn and it is a story of a young Hasidic girl who basically escapes to Berlin. She's, she's recently married. What happens to her is just the most incredible story. And it's a beautiful story and it's quite disturbing. But I would strongly recommend it. I'm really enjoying it. It's a four-part series. I'm probably two-thirds of the way through and it's on Netflix. It's great. And but- we've been contacted by Simon & Schuster, the publisher of this book. They've brought out a new... I think it's a Netflix tie-in cover with it. But anyway, I've just ordered 20 for the shop and other bookshops have as well. So the girl it is going to be hot. The Etsy or Esther is just brilliant. Anyway, the other one is, um, Corrie, Saturday Night Sorted. Van der Volk <laughs> is back. It's a new this You would have watched this. because you did, back in the day. We wouldn't have even known each other in 1972. But Barry Foster, my remember? My mother from, loved, my mother used to say, Oh, I like that man who's blonde. I like that man who's blonde. <laughs> well, he, he was Who actually... was that great actor? He, he was Barry fat. Foster. Oh, he that was, was his in, name. He was a star of Frenzy, the Alfred Hitchcock film. He was also in Ryan's Daughter. Like, he, yeah. he had a good, you know, CV. Ended up in a few episodes of The Sweeney. But anyway, that was, I think, five series. He was the first sort of international detective. You know, there was Bergerac and a few others. Oh, and followed. my favourite, Inspector Rex. Inspector <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I, the, the new series stars a guy called Mark Warren. Look, it is a bit cliched. It's set in Amsterdam where my eldest daughter is living at the moment. Who so cares about cliches? This is that, coronavirus time. It goes for an hour and a half. It's a four-parter, I think, or maybe a three-parter. The first one was brilliant. Absolutely gripping. Saturday night sorted. I know you're probably sad that... Um, our old Cornish friend Doc Martin's, you know, left their shores Sad. for a while. Sad and Stateless, that ended on Sunday. And, oh, my Lord, what a brilliant series that was. And so sad. But anyway, they're my two tips. Now, Corrie, a simple recipe for yeah. our for, poor okay. Kill Island is going to be, sorry, <laughs> we could never given us feedback about our recipes. I've got one and you've got one. You okay. Start. This section is called The Easy Recipe for Kelly Island. <laughs> and here it is. Now, Thank you to Red Energy. Kel... Uh, Miss Jane will probably take a photo of these shortbreads and, well, in fact, she shouldn't. She should take the ones straight out of the book because this is what mine normally look like. Um, As I said, I forgot to put the timer on. So this is from the Monday Morning Cooking Club, but not their most recent book, which I love. This is one of a couple of years ago, The Feast Goes On. And some of the Monday Morning Cooking Club say this is their favourite of them all. And it's this easy. It's called Granny's Shortbread. 175 grams unsalted butter chopped 
and at room temperature. 45 grams of corn flour, 225 grams of plain flour, 90 grams of caster sugar, plus a bit extra for the sprinkling on the top. You preheat the oven to 150. Do not, do not go over that. I can tell you from past experience making these. You grease a 30 by 20 centimetre, roughly that, or 12 by 8 inch if you're thinking in inches, baking tin. So it's a sliced tin. You process all the ingredients. You can do it in the whizzer or you can do it uh, with your um, mixer as I did or even your fingers until you have a slightly crumbly dough and then you tip the dough into the prepared tin, spread out evenly, pressing it with your fingers or a flat spatula until it's all level. And then you get your fork and you just go prick, prick, prick all the way through so it's not only a nice pattern but there's a bit of aeration going on and you bake until golden on the edges for about one hour. Now here's the tip, girls and boys. Remove from the oven and while it's still in the tin, immediately cut into your fingers with a sharp knife. Cut into finger shapes, not into your fingers. Sorry. Don't, don't cut into your fingers. Well, you can if you want, but Actually, don't because you want uh, the That reminds me of what happened in Vanderbilt the other night. But anyway, go what about ahead. How'd she talk about losing a few fingers there? Um, so cut into the shape. I like a long, oblong-shaped uh Shortbread. So this is a really good tip. Cut before, well, like it's while it's piping hot, and then you leave it in the tin to cool, and then you sprinkle, of course, with the extra caster sugar and remove from the tin to serve. It makes about 24, 26, 30 shortbreads. It's terrific, and as I said, it's from the Monday Morning Cooking Clubs. The feast goes on. Mine is a soup recipe, and I won't read the whole thing, but I just want to send a cheerio to our friend Tanya, who is one of the top three cooks I know. She After makes. Me. She makes. Well, <laughs> you're I've a very blotted, good cook. I blotted my copybook today. Well, you know, <laughs> uh, the, the sponge does come back to memory, and a couple of other cu- uh, culinary debacles but for don't, don't you shoot the, the messenger. That, don't you think the fact that I am lacking vanity, that I actually am prepared and happy to bring in my failures with you guys, to make all the potties out there realise that we are not super women. We're not women. perfect. No, we're we, not. We are actually we, you might think real we are, people. But we're not. We screw up the shortbread. Well, look, T- Tanya's recipe um and everyone says that we should send this one out it is so simple she says no you're sending this out by the way she sent it to miss jane it's her greek lentil soup in greek this soup is called it's spelled f-a-k-e-s pronounced fuckies when i yaya made it for us as children my sister athena and i would run through the house delighting in squealing such a forbidden word out loud we knew we wouldn't get into trouble as our grandmother thought we were just expressing our delight at her making the oh, soup yeah yeah you fell for fuckies, that one fuckies <laughs> anyway look this is the most simple recipe according to tanya it looks amazing the i'll just tell you the ingredients so you don't really need much at all 500 grams red or brown lentils brown onions cloves of garlic roughly chopped bay leaves tomato paste peppers salt and water and a little bit of red wine vinegar and olive oil to serve how simple is that cory um, it also does well with a big blob of Greek yogurt and a few chopped herbs on top, but that is not traditional. Tanya, it looks amazing. Miss Jane is going to put it on the show notes. And, and thank, thank you, you, Red Energy. That's BSF, and we're very, very happy to have you guys on board. And I can say that even though you're not my energy provider, my oven did work properly, but I just forgot to take the shortbreads out. Carol, you're grumpy about something. Look, 
Oh, can I just have a very brief whinge and another oh, term that is not allowed? Just join the entire population. It's not. A, it's not allowed to be used, which is first world problem. But I'm so sad that we can't celebrate Easter this year. We're going to have a lovely family lunch or dinner on Good Friday that my beautiful Clem has already sent me the rest, that sent me the menu list for. And we'll probably have a Sunday lunch as well. And I'm so lucky to have two of my three children here. But I love Easter. I love getting together with friends down at the beach, at the pub. I love the big meals. I love the Sunday night I love all the footy games. I love the footy games, the Easter Monday. I don't like Good Friday football, but I I love the Channel 7 Good Friday appeal and all the traditions that are not going to be here this year. And I'm just sending a bit of a sad sort of vibe that we can't really even enjoy Easter. I'm going to make the most of Easter, but let's face it, it's not going to be quite the same. Although, on a brighter note, we're not going to probably eat as much as we normally do, which is never a bad thing for me. So that's why I'm grumpy. Now, Corrie, six quick questions, thanks to Red Energy. Powered by the Snowy Hydro, a leader in renewable energy, you can call 131806 for Real Aussie Energy. Your best hot cross bun, please. My grandfather was a baker and he... Uh, used to cook them each year after he'd retired he'd cook them in the kitchen at his and my grandmother's place and when I was old enough to be entrusted with the task I would go over and help them and we'd have to make two batches we'd make the regular one with lots of spice and then we'd make one with no fruit because my mother couldn't stand dried fruit so Peggy had her very own two buns and I will never forget she used to ration it and I now do this too it's so funny she said they're very fattening so she'd have one on Good Friday, one half on Good Friday, one half on Saturday, one half on Sunday and one half on Monday. And then that was it for a whole year. Well, that's the way they should be eaten, really. I mean, the way they start, you know, going up for sale in early March. Valentine's Day, I reckon. My favourite are from Hoots and Dutch Bakery in Glenfree Road, Malvern. Sorry, I've got to give them a tip. Have you had Babkas? I love love so many, but no, theirs are the simplest and the best. Um, Caro, have you made any interesting online purchases since self-isolating? Look, I've only bought two things, wine and hand sanitizer. Um, the Sensori hand sanitizer and some beautiful wine from Tasmania. I'm glad Tasmania. you got your priorities in order there. Well, I mean, really, what else is there? But it is, you know, we have a friend and, you know, you and her are both, I'm getting a bit concerned looking at leisure suits online. Um, <laughs> she's a bit concerned. She's also concerned her salad <laughs> shaver. I said to you the other day was, I just need a good trackie to get me through the next three months. Mm. Bit too much people looking at trackies. I'm very concerned. She's concerned that theirs haven't arrived, nor has a salad shaver. And I said, salad shaver? She said, yes, I know. Along with silk socks, a garden pot from Italy, kitchen gadgets, some eyebrow pencil that looks like a permanent tattoo, all very cheap, but boy, it will feel like Christmas when the DHL man comes. Now, this What's is a, a salad? What is a salad shaver? I don't know. Does she mean spinner? Bill Withers died this week, Corrie. What is your favourite song? Oh, it has to be the song that was chosen for my Hattie when she was born. Lovely day. It actually, I love that. Well, you're and what's up. yours? What's well, your favourite? Well, I had lovely day, but you've already said that. So I'm going to say Ain't No Sunshine. sunshine. How many times does he gone. say I know? I know, I know, I know, no, I know. No, no, don't. I please know, don't I know, do it. I know, I know, I know, I know. I reckon probably, I know, I know. Jane, what do you reckon? 32? You're the singer. Um, yeah, probably quite. <laughs> 26. Oh, I almost got that. It's a family quiz question. <laughs> That's a really good question. What's your social media highlight of the week, Corrie? 
My social media highlight of the week, uh, well, I have a number because I've been so bored. But it's quick questions, Franche- Corrie. Francesca put me on to uh, Zoom for one more, which is Hamish Black's he gate crashes Zoom meetings. Oh so yeah. So somebody in the group knows that this exists so they contact Hamish and say oh look our primary school in Tasmania is having a staff meeting would you like to join so they allow him in and Hamish will you know have a short sleeve shirt with a little tie and kind of his hair all sticking up and stuff I'm not saying that's what the primary school teacher necessarily looks like all the time but he's in part and he joins the meeting going yeah I know I know I know and you can see people looking closer at their screen going not sure who that guy is, but okay. What the, and then I'll go, come naughty, on, we've got, we've got to ask the big question here. The big question, what are we going to do with grade five? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're really, what are we going to do with that grade five? And it's, it is really funny. So he's gate crashed half a dozen so far. He gate crashed a swimming meet uh, online conference thing with a swimming club. It is really funny. I, I urge everybody to have a look at it. It's via Instagram and you can just follow Hamish Blake and it's great. Now, Caro, the Premier of New South Wales this week advised people should not go camping on their Easter holidays. Is that good or bad news for you? It would, be, it would have been music to my ears as a child. I dreaded camping holidays. I absolutely dreaded them. Brendan, my husband, claims, you know, he used to love going camping, but I notice he hasn't planned many camping trips during our marriage. And I, I just have memories. We actually didn't camp at the Yu Yangs, but we did oh. go once to the Riverina. I reckon <laughs> it rained. It rained almost every day. Dad had a car that had a... Um, I worked out how you could turn the car on and play. Remember cartridges? Mm. And I think he had Carol King's Tapestry and maybe Carly Simon, No Secrets. And I just used to, my only escape was to sit in the car and play cartridges. I just remember it was cold. It was wet. You just couldn't get warm in your tent. You couldn't get comfortable. We had another one at Swan Hill, which was really fun. And we went with another family, but the local good folk of Swan Hill, and that was Richmond Zone in the day, got wind that we were all there. I think we were camping on one of their properties or something. And um, all the local footy club members used to come down and have drinks every night. <laughs> it, I just don't re- – I didn't enjoy camping. I didn't enjoy it. So, yeah, music to my ears. Um, I, but can't actually, I can't actually say I'm surprised For all those response. people who are, who are really sad – I mean, I, I honestly, no, that's a terrible thing to say because camping can be enormously good fun and it is a really tough time at the moment for people who are being stuck indoors and I totally understand that. But be patient. We will get through this together. We will survive it and we and will we'll meet again. Better times are ahead. Now, uh, thank you again to our new sponsor, Red Energy, um, powered by the Snowy Hydro, a leader in renewable energy. You can call 131806 for Real Aussie Energy. Thank you for your feedback and comments. Join us on our social media page via Don't Shoot the Messenger. That's the Facebook page. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter using the handle at Don't Shoot Pod. You can email us feedback at don'tshootpod.com.au. Keep listening for our bonus GLT app dropping in on Saturday morning. Thank you, Miss Jane. Thank you, Tanya. Your recipe will be up on that um, show note system as well. Corrie, what do we say? Don't shoot the messenger. Happy Easter, everyone. This podcast is supported by Red Energy, powered by the mighty Snowy Hydro, a leader in renewable energy 
Red is 100% Australian-owned and local. Phone 131 806.